Welcome to this enlightened episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Sit back, close your eyes, open your mind, and open yourself up to receive the eternal blessing. Welcome to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. time uh, once more uh, once again we are live on the Greyhorn Pagans podcasts welcome welcome all good to have you all back my guest or I should say our guest for today I am co-hosting again with the lovely Firefay is Mr. Dale Allen Rouse Rose how got is it? it Rouse rhymes with house nice so thank you thank you for joining us and uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast um introduce yourself what do you what do you do what are you about certainly well i'm really happy to be here i've watched you know a lot of your past shows and uh i really have gotten a lot out of them especially in the way that you connect with your guests and so i'm really looking forward to this conversation um yeah, I kind of have an interesting background in how I arrived to all of this work as a shamanic practitioner, right? <laughs> like how I got into this world was actually really like kind of a roundabout way um, through business coaching because in business coaching, because I was a, a real estate agent, well, first of all, I was an entertainer and then I was a real estate agent and then I was a real estate coach um, where all the, you know, the talk is how can we manifest more sales? How can we manifest a bigger, better Western world life, right? Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because I actually found the genesis of my spirituality there. Like you wouldn't think in business school there would be any shred of, you know, spirituality. But it's actually there where I really started to hear people talking about manifesting your future. And it was through that process because like I, I had a really um, kind of abusive uh, upbringing through a very you know, biblical kind of uh, family situation. Uh, and as a queer individual myself, it just, it, it didn't go so well. <laughs> so I was, you know, kind I'm of thrown out of that situation. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, that that's how I kind of started all of this. And then in 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit and I had time to kind of settle with my thoughts and just be at home, because like I was just always chasing avarice, right? I was just always trying to find more, you know, trying to connect with a bigger life, a bigger purpose, uh, more learning. Like it just it was just more, more, more of everything. It was consuming on every level. Yeah. Um, but when the pandemic hit and I had a chance to really sit down and write my book, I was kind of cracked open in a new way through that process of writing the book. And it, uh, I, um, 
when I was growing up, I had uh, my uncle Joe, who was full blood indigenous Canadian living on a reservation, raising my cousins. Um, and they just lived a very different life than me and my little, you know, white picket fence Christian family <laughs> just across the way. And so uh, when I was writing my books, the voice that was kind of leading me through the process that I learned to lean into, that is somewhere between inkling and just kind of aha knowing, you know, kind of space. And, uh, but it kept taking me back to shamanism. And it was through the process of writing my books that it was telling me, you need to go learn about this. You need to go know about this. And so then I ended up um, signing up with a, a school and studied with them for a year um, and then kind of, went on my way and kind of developed other relationships that continue my growth um, in my learning about my practice. That's I'm quite... just smiling ear to ear. Over <laughs> it's like, I relate to that so, so much. Yeah. And the fact that I'm native too. So it's like, I relate to that on a deep level. Yeah. That was That's... the most surprising thing is that, because um, because my that part of my family they you know were considered drunks and they lived on the reservation and they were dirty yes. and you know like yes. all of that oh, shame like we mm -hmm. didn't embrace those family members and yet when it came for me to tell my story they were the ones whose story I wanted to tell and I was shocked by that <laughs> yeah and that's how it was with my family too I was raised in a very eclectic I should say family because my mom she never really liked the label Christian, even though on either side it was very religious. And so when I grew up, she would take us to drum circles for our native stuff, um, pagan stuff, Tibetan Buddhism stuff, you name it. Like she opened that world to all of us. And it was gratifying knowing that I wasn't alone and coming into that I was 16 when I found my first book on shamanism slash paganism slash Wiccan mm -hmm. and it was just like oh my gosh this is what my mom has been teaching us our whole lives mm -hmm. so your story resonates with me yeah good Big time. yeah but that's it's it's quite the the road you took like that's yeah you know, going going from being on top of just so many businesses and especially with real estate like that's a that's a big that's big money business and and it was just all about the game right and and the stress of the game is actually what took me down because you can't be full throttle like that level of um you know just uh, trying to achieve things in life and just striving constantly, 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 and not wear your system out. And so in 2014, I was actually diagnosed with a neurological movement disorder um, in the same family as Parkinson's and MS. And it was another reason why I wanted to write the book because I wanted to really process that. And I just really feel like from my past trauma and just from, you know, my life on the stage and my life on, you know, real estate and, and everything that I was doing, that my nervous system kind of just got fried out. You know, it was just kind of overwhelmed and done. And I started developing this weird movement disorder that was like making me move weird and tick and like do all these weird things, you know. 
And so I went down that path of chasing Western medicine, which just made it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the lady over at Horrifying History. Yeah. So that's, that's another big part of my story as well, because a lot of um, the main characters in my literature are, are handicapped in some way, usually queer and handicapped. Those two things usually exist somewhere in the world. <laughs> that's uh that's a com that's that's quite the uh, the combination. It's like you know, if you want to give them a hard life, make them yeah. that. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Um, and like I, as you can tell, like I'm I'm pretty fully able body, but I am considered disabled by the government. <laughs> like if I go and apply for a job, I'm supposed to tell them that I am technically disabled, right? Because I have special needs in certain ways, but it's not bad. It's not like I, I can't perform my life, um, but it is a big part of my story and my journey in the balance between, you know, Western medicine. And when I quit all of that two years ago, we moved up to the middle of nowhere where I live now. And uh, I quit all my meds. I quit everything. I'm like, I'm just going to go full-time energy work and just check me out. Like what's going on with me? <laughs> like, and heal yeah. myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's the best decision decision that, you can make I, um, I i can i can quite relate to that i have been on all kinds of different medications ever since i was uh was six years old i don't really talk about this on the podcast i don't know if i ever really mentioned it but i got diagnosed with tourette's at six and they put me on you know some kind of medication pretty much right away because you know medicine western medicine you know helping you from the frying pan into the fire but okay um and i believe it was at i think it was like 20 years old like when i moved out um out from my parents house you know because i was this grown up at 20 no i wasn't um and like i just i i quit cold turkey and you know of course i got all kinds of all kinds of shit for that no no you know you had to take it slow and you know you can't just quit all at once you know it's got to be gradual and i was like that's too yeah like no fuck that i yeah. am so miserable on these things i am lackluster i don't have any energy it's not helping me with you know the thing that i've been given these meds for so fuck it right that was the biggest and thing i found all the medications i was taking weren't actually helping like i still had the situation <laughs> yeah i mean you know probably the uh the pharmaceutical industry made some uh some good money but yeah they I mean, always yeah. have and they always will yeah i mean not i mean they lost money like at least from three people here, so you know, yeah. up yours. Yeah, from everything <laughs> that I have going wrong, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, then just turning inwards and you know, kind of experiencing yourself without being right. so heavily drugged. We we it's... underestimate the power of the mind, truly. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, I still have my moments where my stuff hits ahead, but. You know, through having a loving and supportive partner honestly helps too because, you know, 
he's able to see, hey, she's getting triggered. I need to back off. Yeah. Or, hey, she's being triggered. I need to nurture her even though she says, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. So it's very... It's, it helps having somebody who understands, Yeah, in my yeah. opinion, too. I'm very fortunate to have a husband who is there. I mean, he's just, he's just a natural caretaker anyways. And we've been through, because we were together before I had this situation, right? So he knew me as completely normal. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> he knew me before I started writing books and got really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Before I was studying any of this, especially writers. If I look at my, uh, if I look at my siblings, both of them writers, well, script script writers. Uh um, Especially my, especially my sister, who is too much. No, 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 no. Too much like. Oh yeah, I mean, my my brother is is the one with the uh, the overactive imagination, and my sister is the kind of writer who, um, who wrote her best work just drunk on a summer's day <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> that's my sister-in-law you know she writes on when she's drunk and it's like yeah what's she gonna come up with next and then later on she she uh, you know she reads it over and she's like oh my god this is my best work I was hammered <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no matter right. how you get there so long as you do Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely writers are a uh, eclectic bunch and yeah. then, you know, throw in some shamanic practices or yeah. witchcraft or heathenism. Well, so this, and uh, This is the interesting thing. I want to know what my best work is when I'm what? doing my poetry then. <laughs> yeah. That's but, dark. <laughs> when I was starting to learn how to write, though, it was really interesting process for me because it, it was... Um, like almost like uncapping a fountain. Like I, I didn't really have anything pre-planned. I didn't do an outline to whatever. And I sat down and as soon as I did, the title of the book came to me like that. And then the name of the character came to me like that. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna write that down. And so I started and the more I leaned into it, like the more that kind of information was kind of just being brought to me, like, and, and me learning not to question it was a big part in me uncovering the fact that I can channel information that I don't know onto the page and learn from it as it's coming out. And that blew me away because I by the time I was done my second chapter I kind of like stood up and looked around I'm like is this some kind of joke are you kidding me because it was like I was going (laughs) through a process that I didn't understand and it was like my keyboard was turning into a Ouija board and I was just like letting my fingers fly around the keyboard and as it was coming out on the page like I'm learning this stuff that I don't I don't know called shamanism and so when I was done my first book I'm like, okay, I have to go find like the right person to edit it. And I found an editor who has their doctorate in shamanism. And I took it to him. I'm like, "Uh, will you check? I don't know what this is. It's probably crap. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Full disclosure. This was just kind of something I vomited. Like I literally, I, I wrote this book in six weeks. Like it just, I just barfed it out, like just as fast as I could go. And as I was learning about the process, I really started to learn to trust it, right? And so then I was, the way that I write is like my fingers are just typing as fast as I can because the information that's coming in is so fleeting. Like it's super like wispy. 
right? And I got to grab it out of ethers as fast as I can. And so I'm yeah. typing super, super fast. And I'm usually crying while I'm doing it because <laughs> like what I'm being shown is not just a thing. What I'm being shown is the humanity of us in a story, right? And it's it's me seeing that human, like how human the experience is for like these characters and stuff. Um, so anyways, <laughs> that's my process, but it's been an interest. Like my, my husband's always like, are you, can I get you anything? Are you okay? <laughs> He's my spirit animal, hon. He's like literally my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, honey, what do you think I invited? Why do you think I wanted you to co-host this? It. Part? He's my spirit animal, but yeah, is it a game for? <laughs> That's when I discovered I'm a weirdo. That's when I was like, oh, there's actually something to this. And I really started chasing it down as a real thing, right? Not as a amorphous concept that I was maybe going to put in a book someday, but to actually internalize and live. And to chase that thing, to chase that inkling, to develop that as an actual skill. Oh, it's actually a thing. I didn't even know. It's called automatic writing. And I didn't even know like it's, it's a real practice yeah. that people develop. Anyway, I was just doing that naturally through my books. Um, and then I discovered what it is. And it, it's really interesting to, that's what I love about shamanism. That's the one thing I can't stress enough. Shamanism is a really big tent that includes a lot of special skills and gifts. And yeah. you got to find out what yours is. Everybody has one. I kind of tripped and fell into mine by accident. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a scribe. I, like, you know, I'm just here to be the hollow bone, the conduit between the ethers and the page. I have, I don't write my books. I, if somebody asked me about my books, I couldn't tell you <laughs> because I'm not involved in the process. <laughs> that's me and mediumship too. Yeah. I do the same kind of writing as when I'm communicating. Yeah. I do the same kind of writing and I look down at it and I'm like, that is not my handwriting. What in the world am I trying to convey? So I totally understand. Yeah. So it's like you're the tool through which the ether can put it into physicality for, yeah. you know, One us moment. mere mortals. And it uh, takes it takes a lot of time to find people who know what that is develop it as a real thing, but then to trust it, to trust that the information that you're receiving is in fact true, but don't just trust it on your own say so. Like I said, I went to go find an editor who had their doctorate in shamanism so that I could verify, right? Like, trust, but verify, right? Like you gotta yeah. make sure that you're not just, you know, blowing smoke up your own skirt. Like you, you also have to make sure that there is real tutelage. This stuff is proper. This stuff has to be learned. There are schools, there are people, there are internships, there are apprenticeships. You need to go and learn with a trained person. And, you know, when I first showed up to shaman school, they really introduced the entire buffet of skills, everything from animal tracking, like as a spiritual practice, you know, to drums and rattles, to ancient songs, to working with psychopomp and people crossing over and like all this, there's just, there's so many ways you can go with it, right? And it's all being a shamanic practitioner is under that umbrella. So anyways, <laughs> I was, you know, really lucky to show up to, um, you know, shaman school already kind of knowing what my gift was, but to watch the other students who didn't know to get silent enough within themselves to meet themselves in a whole new way, to discover what is weird 
about them. Like our weirdness is where like our special gifts lie, right? If we didn't have diversity, yeah. we would have died out because you need people who are good at the, you know, killing the animals. You need the people who are good at making the huts and you need like, you need diversity of skill. And that was one thing I think that we've been ingrained into us as humans that, you know, somehow has been forgotten. Like that's, a, a, that's how we survived. Like, you know, anyways. yeah, like true, true diversity. And it's, you know, it's those weird people, those, you know, those those odd minds who make life interesting, who keep life interesting. You know, those are the Thank people you. that, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, uh, I, I didn't, did I hear you correctly? Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, I cannot imagine like being normal or right. like whatever, whatever that may be, you know, watching football on on sundays with just you know my my hey, beer don't and nuts drag and... your slug dude into this that's not very nice I, to drag your slug no. dude into this honey he's a teenager he can learn okay <laughs> he, he can still be molded somewhat he's a tough one but he's a well, loving dude you can't change that you yeah no i know i'm nuts i'm not saying sports is a bad thing honey i'm a I'm a martial artist and a pro wrestling fan, honey. Like, you know, don't get me started about pro wrestling. I don't stop. <laughs> stop him uh, now. Stop him now. <laughs> I'll stop myself. But, you know, if I just, if I look at the everyday man, for example, who, you know, has a desk job, maybe does some, some sports on the weekends, but really his life is just the life of pretty much everyone else it's like man that's boring yeah. you know it's it's like i've heard stories and you know you see that on facebook a lot there where guys they always pose with you know like a fish in their hands you know they got this big ass fish and it's like well you don't I know how see. many profiles i swiped <laughs> right before i met you with the fish in the hand it's like Dude, I know. No, no that's no. that's every guy, or you know, the, the as a as a man, like the the profile pictures of girls with you know their glass of wine on the you know the, in the outdoor seating area with the sun, or like on some festival or an, on an elephant in Thailand or whatever. They, it's it's so basic and it's so boring, and I'm just like. Okay, so like, what what is what is what is you? What's different about you? What does make you different than right. you know all the other ten that I just you know? I, I think th those people who are seeing the world as what it is on its mm -hmm. surface, right? Whereas then there's another whole realm and that I think that the Western world has completely abandoned and in sitting with powerful medicine people and watching them in the way that they function, they're not dealing with the world as it is. They're world dealing with the stuff behind the stuff. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're operating on a whole different level. Um, there was a story that I was told <clears throat> that uh, they were having a meeting of a bunch of um, tribes people and the acreage caught on fire and they brought in the shaman to put the fire out and how the shaman puts the fire out is they search themselves for what is out of alignment with their environment 
And once they find it, the fire goes out. And it's just a completely different way of dealing with a problem that we in our Western world would ever even conceive that, oh, there's a fire, we should deal with it energetically. <laughs> you know? Now I'm imagining like a fire department, but it's all shamans. Right, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they show up at their prayer huts and they just set them up and they all go in, they close the door. And they... <laughs> there it is. Oh, man, you're putting that <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Especially in uh, in California, with all those you know big forest fires, pretty much every year. Like, how yeah. handy would that be? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's I never heard of that before. Just, like putting out a fire, energetic. It shows you how differently they think about things and their environment in the way that they interact with their environment. Right, in that they they see the environment as an extension of themselves. And for anybody who's ever had a crossing over type of experience or who has died and come back, they understand that matrix, right? That, you know, you kind of pass through or access from one side or the other. And so what you're talking about is people who have kind of been lulled to sleep. They have just been shown the superficial, oh, and in order to be happy, then you need this house and you need this spouse and you need this number of kids. And it's just so, like boring like you were describing because all they're doing is interacting with the superficial like there's there's nothing energetically deep about what they're trying to achieve in life and you know yeah. like, like the rest of us were all writing books and you know writing poetry <laughs> and <laughs> symphonies <laughs> and oh god here it comes yeah no but i mean that's 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 exactly it you know there are and especially i mean i guess man can be can be too but especially if you see those girls they are so superficial it's all about themselves and just going from like one experience to the next and as soon as they're at the next experience the previous one's already been forgotten yeah yeah that's something i talk a lot about on my uh my YouTube channel again is just me talking. It's called Spiritual Disco. <laughs> it's just me talking. I'm gonna to, subscribe now. Set to disco music, but it's under my name. It's not under Spiritual Disco. But if you go there, you'll see it. And so it's me talking and giving my shamanic pitches, right? But to a disco beat. Anyhow, <laughs> but I talk about that thing you were talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're my favorite person, and I've been to yes. just shamanic pitches under a disco beat. Okay. Yes. That's, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's well. That's a that's one of a kind again. I never, <laughs> never I, put. I, I never imagined putting those two together. But hey, if it works, it works. <laughs> hey, you got to check it out for yourself. But I talk about that a lot. Subscribing now. Oh, awesome! Thank you. Um, I, I talk about that a lot on my channel. In that, what I see good, right? Because I, I always feel like we need to try and see the benefit. Like, why is this part of God's plan? Right? Essentially, um, and the whole like social media thing and people going out and doing what you were describing and like going from one kind of thing to casting themselves here against this backdrop to, you know, and while it looks like kind of superficial, the good I see in that energetically speaking is that I feel like we're moving into a time, especially for women where they weren't allowed to cast themselves as the hero of their story. What you're seeing That's them doing exactly is right. finally women are like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm here. I exist. Look at me. And I'm not going to be part of your story, Mr. Man. I'm going to be part of my story. And so it's a big part of, I think, certain marginalized, like even women, like, you know, in, in the way that they have been misrepresented and miscast. I mean, just look at sports. Yep. 
the women are crushing it against the men with no handicap. Sorry, but they don't <laughs> need it and they will kick your ass. You know what I mean? And I get, I get uh, so encouraged when I see that. Yeah. Reminds me of my high school days. Yeah. I mean, you see that even with um, European football. Uh, say the, like the actual football, not hand I was gonna say, wait a um, minute, are you dissing on the fact that it was in football? Ouch. No, 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 but it's not football, it's hand uh, <laughs> I but I was on the varsity team all four I years in high know, school. You need I to get it straight. No, honey, you keep telling me over <laughs> and over again. I know three years. <laughs> 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 no, but um, if you look at the um, you know, the Lions first versus the lionesses so the men's team versus the women's team the women's team actually manages to bring the cup home the men's team the more they progress um the more inflated their ego gets and they're knocked out at like the quarterfinals so or within the first two rounds I mean that 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 has happened too. That you know we make it to, uh, you know, like we make it to the big leagues and we're we're qualified. And then you know, first game we play, we lose. It's like okay, well, guess we're going back home, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's severely underrated, and it's funny. Funny, we actually did a. Um, Jesus, what was it, like a five-hour roundtable yesterday on uh, toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, the uh, divine masculine, divine feminine, and like how how it's not supported in this world. How you know having your own voice as you know, no matter what what you are, however you. Not just identify your own voice, as exactly your own identification. Yeah, I mean you're always just expected to to fit into this neat little box, and if you don't, you're an outcast, you're an outsider, and something's wrong with you. And we're gonna, you know, put you on medication and therapy and right, yeah. all that. And yeah, like in in my opinion, in my experience. I started really living my best life when I just embraced that. It's like, okay, I guess I don't fit in any box. Fuck it. So yeah. be it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get rid of the box altogether. Let's liberate all of ourselves from any box. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it's funny because, like, before I met Fox, I came out as gay. I came out. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to do what is best for me. And there was something, I can't explain it. And like a lot of my friends who are in the community are just like, you were swayed by the D word, weren't you? And I was like, no, that's not it. It was just something about his, the way he was with his divine masculinity that helped me find my divine feminine again. Right. Femininity, I cannot say that one to save my life. <laughs> but he brought the best out. And it's just, people tell me all the time, they're like, so you basically are saying that you were gay. And I was like, no, I've always been gay. Right. I just found somebody who brings out the best of me. 
Right. And like in my book, uh, the main character, he's I mean, he doesn't identify as as anything. Um, and even though it's loosely based on me, the main character is far more fluid than I am. Um, but OK, I love it. I'm going to read this book. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> he, he gets asked. He gets asked how he identifies. And he says, I identify as Jack. That should be enough. I love that. I love That's it. a statement. That's a statement. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to say I <laughs> identify as Firefly. Yeah. That's so much easier, too. Like, instead of, you know, having to, right. like, oh, you know, I'm this and I'm that and, you know, this gender right. and that sexuality and, you know, from there and whatever. It's just, yeah, I'm that, you know. Right. I'm but these conversations and these expectations, quite frankly, are becoming the new norm. The old way, it will die out because it's not of love, right? I mean, it's so obviously punitive when you're just being openly bigoted against gay people. Like, okay, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know? And like, we live in an America now where they're per the Supreme Court, they just ruled that if gay people offend you because of your faith, you can deny them service to your business. That's the ruling per the law that you can deny gay people right, rights uh, access to your business. Just because it goes against your faith? I mean, then... Well, the way maybe, that they, they put maybe. it is that it goes against your First Amendment rights, your, your freedom of speech, that you don't have the freedom of speech to say, I can't serve this person because they go against my beliefs. Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, uh, so many it's... hoops to jump through. <laughs> Oh man, like, and that's as I mean, as a as a European, you know, obviously married to a uh, to an American. When um, when I just when I look at the states and when I look at what's going on, first of all, I am absolutely amazed by the amount of mental gymnastics. And it's like, aren't you getting tired of you know, as you said, jumping through well, all those hoops and. Why Connecting. that happens is because we have a news network here that streams a very different reality than everybody else lives in. And so you have these two, they, they were not actually jumping through as many hoops as you think they are because they actually believe what they're saying is true. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, that's that's why I don't I don't do mainstream news. No, why I don't why no. I don't do politics, you know, no, it's either. like it's you can't yeah. you can't this is the this is the line I always use. You can't participate in the crazy without being crazy. Like why? Yeah. Why would you ever put yourself through that? Because it's it's you know you're going to be angry. You know you're just going to get yourself all riled up. You just know that you're going to be injecting a whole bunch of gross energy into your container by participating in the crazy. So like mm -hmm. I just live out here in the middle of nowhere, and we don't. The only thing we watch on TV is like. British baking show. <laughs> like, you know, what does this sound like, hon? Who told you the same thing uh, a few years ago? Yeah, that, that's that sounds like that sounds a lot like you. Yeah, and it sounds a lot like you know my goals as well. I just, I mean, I live in the in the city now. I, um, for the last, oh, like from uh, age. 10 to age 20, I lived in a, um, a smaller town, you know, my, my mom's um, birth town, my mom's hometown. Um, and I hated it there at those times because, you know, I was a teenager. I was looking for adventure. I wanted to go out. I wanted to, you know, go clubbing and meet people right. and whatever. But if you want to do that, you have to go to the city because, you know, small town bars or small town cafes. It's like, yeah. 
not my thing especially you know if you're like into metal and all the you know the harder stuff i mean best thing they can do is you know radio rock sparsely um so i don't even want to tell you guys what's on my radio stations here <laughs> oh god no um but you know so metal, I, um, latin country i mean yeah i mean country politics isn't so, that's it country isn't so bad you you got me into country believe it or not um but yeah, so I, I always really wanted to go back to the city, you know, my hometown, the, the town that if I had a choice, I wouldn't have left in the first place. But hey, you know, you're 10 years old. Yeah. Mom and dad says, say, we're moving. So yeah. you're moving. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? It's like, no, no, I'm not moving. I'm 10 <laughs> years old. I'm putting my foot down. I'm not moving. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, they would have picked you up and put you in the car, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's just shut up. We're moving. Um, but you know, now that I'm a father myself and stepfather, I I see the the beauty of those those little towns of the these smaller villages where you know where the people know each other, where you still have those those night those tightly knit communities and. You know, now I've been trying for years to get back to a village like yeah. that, which is quite hard, actually. It's it's somehow it's harder it's more to it's more expensive. No, not no well <laughs> try living in the city. That's expensive. <laughs> but somehow it's harder to leave the city than to come in to the city. So yeah, I totally get it. Why you would just Go to a little town, just you know, yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it was really part of my recovery process in in like leaving the Western medicine world to just see if I could move because because I I couldn't help but feel that if I'm sleeping under the stars in the middle of the woods for several years, that's going to affect the way that you vibe as a container, yeah. right? Like that affects mm -hmm. your resonance as a being. And so just having that natural healing every night and sleeping under, you know, the stars in the woods, like just having that resonance of still, you know, just being in that place and, and just really focusing on my energy work um, and healing, like all my friends, I'm sure they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm healing myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. I'm vibing. Yes, exactly. And I got my drums out there, and I'm like doing all my classes. But I, I mean, that's one of his classes. Now. <laughs> but that's much more natural than living in, you know, a concrete box with, you know, all right. kinds of light pollution. And there's outside. other benefits that you don't even realize. Like when uh, we don't have trash service out here, like that's how remote we live. I have to take my trash and put it in the earth in the dump, right? Like, and doing that and really having an association with what you're putting back into Mother Earth after you're done with it, that will change your life. Because you, you have to be so much more conscious of yeah. it. That's where it's so hard here because, no offense to you Californians, I love you, <laughs> but you're moving into so what I heard. my state. And it's hard because we never had the composting. We never had 
the true recycling. And they say it was recycling, but was it really? No. And so when you guys started moving in, you wanted um, reusable bags for the grocery store. You wanted us to start um, doing composting. And it's like, this is foreign to my city. This is foreign. And it was just, it's been a process because you guys are a lot out, more outspoken than I give you guys credit for. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a process moving out to the middle of nowhere and learning how the, all that works, like composting and stuff like this. Like we are out here two years now, and I'm just like learning how to grow food is so difficult. Like all these cute little people on Instagram, they're like, oh, you just do this, 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 and now. You get one bad day and the whole thing dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like co country living or, you know, like how I picture it more being European, like somewhere in a, like in the Yorkshire Dales in like a typical English cottage and whatever, like it's beautiful, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard living. You know, if you have to provide everything yourself. Yeah. I mean, well, I totally respect our, our ancestors for, you know, living that way, not having, you know, these luxuries of like a trash pickup and whatever. It's like, right. yeah, you know, we but get the spoiled. In the interesting thing, though, is when you live with the land that way is you don't expect the land to be an active participant in your success. And that part really takes you back because every time you need something, you like we have, you know, several acres and we can just go out and like wander around and there it is, you know, and the way that the land gives in perpetuity, like I use the pine cones as an example, right? Because it just rains pine cones where we live like every day, there's just more pine cones. It's just like the earth gives and gives and gives and gives, right? And so if you could find a use for what it is giving and it gives in perpetuity and you get in that whoa, right? Okay, now we're selling pine cones on Etsy for $8 a bag. You know, like now we're, you know, like whatever we need, it's right there. Um, and it's been super interesting in things that like we didn't even like, we're like, okay, we think we need kind of this type of thing and we'll go out and we'll find whatever it is that we're looking for. Like our property always gives it to us. It's just, it's an interesting association that as a city dweller, you don't have an understanding of. You don't have an understanding that the land you're standing on is an active participant in your family. That's what I wish my neighbors in the back of my property would understand mm -hmm. is that, you know, it was peaceful out here. I only had two neighbors, my grandparents and my next door neighbor. And that was it because it was plots of land. And now my neighbors are so close to each other that you can open the window and say, hi, neighbor. It's yeah. too much. No, uh, and especially in the in the cities, you know, yeah. living in the city myself, and you know, working in the city and all of that. Uh, if I see how people are treating the little bit of nature that we do have, they take it for granted. Yeah, they do. It's, they have no association. Know, no, no, they don't care. It's just oh, it's just enjoy the park but you know leave our trash when we leave it's like oh, no then you it's you warm. don't you don't appreciate nature like you appreciate that it's there and that you can you know spend some time in 
in the park on a sunny day with your you know your beer and your grill and all of that yeah that's that's good that's a good summer's day but you know then just I don't know if it's it's ignorance or laziness or whatever, but they just, you know, kind of bear it's empty, just, oh, okay, <laughs> crack and toss Well, it. they think they're looking at nature. They've forgotten that they are nature. Right? Yeah, and exactly. And that's, that's the difference. They, they have ended the association with themselves and nature. Like there is no extension of them that flows into what they're looking at. It's separate. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's exactly it. That's, really that's what we... because people want to be close to each other, but then they want nature, and it's like you can't have both. <clears throat> well, yeah, I suggest if you if you have to choose one, choose nature. <laughs> it comes with less baggage, <laughs> and it comes with yeah. less drama. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, until you hear like the trees gossiping, but then you're right. I mean, they, they you just need a beard gone. at that point and have <laughs> pine cones in your hair and yeah, yeah. At, that, at that point, just become full hermit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was working with a woman uh, through shamanism who could really communicate with plants, and it was so interesting to see somebody beautiful because too. yeah, oh, it is beautiful because they have that channel. Like, and and how I explain it to a lot of people who because that's a, well, my other series of books that we haven't even talked about yet, which is explaining shamanism is the language of I just light. downloaded those. Oh really? Oh, so I'm <laughs> yes, so I downloaded all of them. Because because I wanted a vehicle that would explain what is shamanism. Because you ask the average person and they're like, I don't know, is that voodoo? I, what is that? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted a story which is it features Nikolai Tesla, who is historically gay, right? And it follows his life. But the story is told from his secret lover, who is also part werewolf. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I, whoa. I downloaded this book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is and, like I, well, I did not have that on my bingo. So uh, listen to this. Lover slash werewolf. Because I wanted, I wanted some because because I knew I wanted to use Nikolai Tesla because I just found him so interesting historically as a queer figure, right? He is. So, but I so if he was the science, I need somebody who was the magic that could match that level of science, right? Because I really wanted it to be like full science, yeah. full magic, like going toe to toe, almost battling it out, but in the lover's way, in seeing how. How they can use those things in order to anyways it also takes on conversion therapy because um that's uh, a big part of the book oh. and it was a big part of my story as well but anyways enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy because a lot of faith communities they're like oh we're the good people i'm like not from where i come from <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah i mean they'll, I've they'll tell you where the, yeah I've no, heard they'll tell you where the good people yeah yeah 
That's where it's like my heart goes out to the ones that had to go through that because with me, I came out, even though I'm with Fox, I came out and my mom's like, okay, and? Right. I still love you. You're yeah. still my daughter. You're still the mother to my grandson. Yeah. I still love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was the same way with me when you told me that, you know, you were Demi. I was like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, and... I don't know what I don't know exactly what it is or what it means, but, you know. <laughs> Basically, it means I love everyone, but I need to know more than your name. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what it is. I need to know you on a deep, spiritual, emotional, mental basis before I even think about anything. Hmm. I'm a man. I'm wired a little different. <laughs> Yes, we are. <laughs> Touch it and let's go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you want to go? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Names? <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> but that's like the thing, too, where it's like, you know, he he's accepted that part of my journey, you know? Yeah. And that's where it was. it was very hard for me to come to terms with it because like there for a long time I was like no 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 I'm pan I'm pan right. I love everyone right but then when I really started diving into it I discovered Demi and I was like this is who I am yeah and he loves and accepts me for it is it frustrating at times yes yeah. for one side of the but we all have relationships that, in the that other right and I'm so happy that we live in a lifetime right where this is now finally allowed where we're all able to show up and raise our hand and say oh by the way this is who i am right not trying to fit into somebody else's definition of who i am this is who i am and i get a claim yeah. this is true for me right well and that's where it's so nice too because um his sister is also part of the community and i love it too because i was like we're gonna make you a shirt that says you know proud ally Brother and husband, yeah. because that's what he is. He is an ally. I mean, she she actually, I believe she still is, but she is currently on vacation on the island of Lesbos. So, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 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 fully expecting her to uh, to honor the name. Yes, uh, very good. <laughs> tradition. Exactly, exactly. That's like where it's like it's nice that you know I do have friends who are from all over spectrum wise. My yeah. best friend is Jewish. And when one of my pagan holidays comes up, she's just like, hey, happy Litha. And it's like, thanks. Like it's a surprise every time I get it from her. It's like, yeah. hey, thanks. Yeah. That's nice. But you know, people are, are and, and we can't fault what has gone before, but we can help educate mm -hmm. moving forward. Right. And we can help like bring people along no matter where they are in their understanding of these things. And what you said is exactly it. The spectrum, because that I mean, it is just spectrum all over the place. I mean, there is like no, you know, due north. It's there's everybody has their own set of, you know, you know, on the spectrum that they're dealing with. And uh, I'm just I'm so happy, like even my niece uh, who was able to come out as bisexual, even though she's dating a man and happily with this guy forever that she was able to you know publicly declare for herself that she's bisexual and so you know should that relationship not work out when she's with a woman like nobody's going to be surprised you know and it's just um 
having come from the family that I came from, which was uh, really very punitive kind of Christian environment from the 1970s. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. You know, we've come a long way and I will always see that as an encouraging sign, um, you know, because we as a people truly only evolve in one direction. If we look at the history, the arc of history as it has gone, it hasn't always gone great, but it has always moved in one direction. And we just, I, I feel like at this point, it's a fait accompli. Right. Like it's going to happen like this is going to be rooted out of our society because it's so on its face wrong um, to stigmatize people because of, you know, their sexual orientation or identification. Like it just it's just a matter of time. And this younger generation is just going to wipe it all out. So I don't get stressed about that stuff at all anymore. No, I mean, there is there is definitely a. Um, a reset coming in in some some yes. way or or shape and i think yeah i think you're right when you're when you say that like a lot of the the old ideas none of the um well which really comes with the the older generation who are very much um very much stuck in uh in this um in this way of thinking uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna go it's uh you know not sure not sure when but you know seeing as how things are ramping up the way they are it wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, sooner rather than later and yeah uh, real quick in between for anybody who's watching and listening firefay uh has to step off already unfortunately uh, she has to eat lunch uh you know just i guess people gotta eat you know it's a thing so yeah. um honey thank you very much for uh for co-hosting this one um i mean i and I, dale you're gonna probably get stellar reviews from me on these books just be prepared and i'll be the same for you you got books out not yet okay well if you need help because I've, I've published six books already so if you need help in your process seriously anybody hearing me i am happy to help you through that process okay then here's my question yeah. you and your husband yogis we take yoga my sister started the company lululemon the yoga wear <laughs> so i'm wondering because i need people to take classes from me that's part of my schooling so i need oh. people to do that with to take She's, your class, you need to teach yeah, me mm -hmm. to uh, to get her hours in. Oh sure, I mean if you start a class, let let me know. Of course, I will be in contact. Though it was nice meeting you, and Thank I am you. stepping out to go eat. Sounds great. All right, enjoy lunch, babe. Thanks. Bye. So yeah, that's that's my wife. That's Firefay, the one who I have been with for the the past three plus years. Um, she is, she's a character, um, but I, uh, I love her to death. Good, good, good. Uh, so, what else do we have up on deck? Um, yeah, that's um, that's a good one, really. Um, I'm just wondering. You said something about uh, shaman school. Yeah. 
like how does how does that work i i never knew you could like actually go to school to be right. a shaman yeah they have several all over the country um sandra inger ingram has one um in oregon there's a light song um that i took in portland oregon there, there's quite a few around um but if you just google shaman school like there's several that will come up and you just it's like taking a zoom class right um, and we even walked through all of the ceremonies and learned how to, you know, our, do journeying, right? We learned how to acquire a journeying state, which is very much of what, you know, so much of shamanism is. Um, even the process of going through and meeting our spirit animal and all that we did over Zoom. <laughs> over Zoom, really? Okay. Yeah. It was really interesting. I guess you really have like classes and schools for just about everything. Yeah. yeah nowadays. It was really interesting. It was. I mean, I, I know one, yeah, like one other true shaman, and like he went all the way to you know India and uh, and Sri Lanka to you know really study there and live in the jungle or live in the woods, and um, you know, little did he know that he could just you know, stay home and take a Zoom class. <laughs> right. Don't have to go to the Amazon. Just jump on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you know, much easier. Like everybody's got a laptop and a computer or whatever. Right. You know. Yeah. Now, there, there's a bunch of different levels, and you know, every single shamanic culture has a different way of approaching shamanism, right? And there's some like you can't even use the the name or the word. Like I've been yelled at so many times in certain places for using the term that I am a shamanic practitioner that I practice shamanism, like, because they're like, you're not, you're not, you're not. I'm like, and so anyways, it's just, you have to learn that there are different definitions of these things in different circles. But how is that a, I mean, if you practice shamanism, then you should be allowed or just, you know, be able to call yourself a shamanic practitioner, right? Or is that... Well, like something... in, in certain circles, if you're not of their culture, you can't even use that word. Uh, and, and that's right, what they're right. taking issue with. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. I had a feeling that was, that was it. Cause it's kind of, you kind of have the same thing within uh, European paganism, you know, Germanic pagan, Germanic yeah. heathen. And, um, you know, the, the Guerrero pagans, you know, we are a tribe, we are a tribe of, you know, pagans and all other kind of spiritual people. But when you say tribe, you know, people are like going to think indigenous Americans, you know, the Native Americans and, you know, totally think that you're appropriating their culture and, you know, right. shamanism. And, and, and they get very uh, threatened use... and upset. And I, I yeah, get yeah. And I just do the best I can in my little world. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. But it's I just find it so so weird. I mean, you know, that's that's going back to the uh, you know thinking in in boxes. I know, yeah, like if you're it, not it really is if you're not part of that particular culture where that term words profession is associated with, you cannot call yourself that. Right? No, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It's 2023. Yeah, you know, you gotta let people, and especially like, should, anyways, we could do this all day, but I just wanted to let people know that in certain circles, 
these words are used in different ways and you have to be sensitive when you're you know using them i try and use just the basic most clear language so that people understand who i am and what i'm about but uh, it wouldn't work for everybody in, in all circles so if that uh, is a problem for anyone listening i apologize but uh like i said i'm just explaining the way that i uh the way that i was taught so what is your like what is your practice what do you focus on most sure. is it just connecting with the the energies of the the forest or animals or yeah so in, in so what i studied is core shamanism it's not one tribe or another it's the core of what most tribes believe across all planes mm -hmm. So in core shamanism, we really study, you know, kind of your power stack, the uh, the stack of four entities that you kind of hold within yourself and that you work most closely with. Everybody always knows, you know, your spirit animal or power animal. That's a that's a gimme, right? Everybody knows that. Uh, but then mm -hmm. beyond that, you have your body protector, you have, um, you know, your regulator, and then you have your angel of neutrality. And those are the four, right? Your body regulator, your um, angel of neutrality um, like these are the four that you hold within yourself and work with every day and so you know that's kind of where the basic learning starts it's all in association with the understanding of the entity that you're working with and that the entity is doing the work in the world and that you are there to be like an assistant or a guide you know to them but like especially as you're beginning and you have to do things like um i don't know dealing with an effigy or dealing with uh you know a type of removal uh, an energy removal that type of thing like just really basic beginner shaman stuff when you're first learning that you really go in and you adopt your journeying state which is the you know the, the place that we go to within our minds in order to access that channel of information um and so it's just learning how to develop a relationship with an entity that can teach you right it's it's what is the what is the purpose of the spirit or power animal how are you learning from them what is your relationship with them? What are you teaching? Uh, what are they teaching you rather? Because they're the teacher, right? And so, yeah. but then it's in going through all four of those entities, especially the angel of neutrality, which is just so tough in our Western world because we want to have an opinion, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You turn on the news and you want to have an opinion about that. But in shamanism, like truly you are not allowed. They see having an opinion as too costly to their soul that to adopt a state of having an opinion is to aggravate your energy field. You cannot have an opinion on something without participating in the ego and then therefore sullying yourself with that opinion. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> damn. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a tough one. It's a tough, tough one, right? Especially like indeed, especially in the Western world, you know, America, Europe, not having an opinion about things, yeah. and, you know, when everybody expects you to have a opinion about things to, you know, swing one way or another and, you know, whatever way you may, uh, you may yeah. find that's, I mean, they really look at it. It's, it's all energy work, right? They look at the mm. energy or of, of the emotions that you're injecting into yourself and that any emotion you're having is what the energy is that you're injecting into your container. So if I'm injecting anger into my container, that's a me thing. That's a, that's a thing I'm doing to myself. I'm making yeah. myself angry. 
right? And so that's where the angel of neutrality comes in and is able to diffuse all situations. And so we look at like your, your container as being a, a still kind of calm pool of water. And then mm -hmm. any emotions that you inject into it beyond that make it ripple. But you don't ever yeah. want to create a tidal wave of energetic garbage within yourself because of anger and these types of things. And so we're always trying to be mindful of, of being at peace, right? And being in at status quo with our environment, which wow. is earth, right? To yeah. resonate with earth at all times is their kind of like place to live. Wow. Okay. I, I never, never knew that I, I'm pretty, pretty new to, uh, to shamanic practices. I've only recently got into, uh, into contact with a few, you being one of those, but to be neutral, like, yeah. but wouldn't that, um, like in my mind, isn't there like then a huge danger of just, um, becoming numb to things like just, or, you know, numb, like emotionless, if uh, you have to be neutral at times, isn't that what it, well, I think it's not that you're neutral. Be that? It's, not, it's, not like, it's not like you aren't allowed an opinion. You aren't allowed a loud or angry opinion. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like you can still say no with love, right? You can still inhabit that place of wanting what's best for them with always speaking with compassion, no matter who you're dealing with and leading from that place, that place of curiosity and understanding, no matter who you're dealing with, that you always approach them with understanding, right? Even when you're saying no. That sounds like such a challenge. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I I can be I can be quite a a, a hothead myself yeah. and a firefay too. You know, being being the small redhead that she is, she's a true firecracker. Uh -huh. Um, so you know, we we sometimes do tend to um, you know flare up, uh -huh. and but then to like approach that with with love and not try to to combat it that's wow yeah. i mean that's that's you know every religion teaches love and and all of that so they say at least yeah until you look on the inside um but to be to actually be able to to practice it even with those well more negative heightened emotions like how do you how do you do that yeah even like if, if if someone like calls you all kinds of of names and derogatory terms are you yeah. still supposed to say like i respect your opinion or like yeah. how do you so they, they would obviously, you're, you're allowed to say, you know, you may not abuse me. I'm going to be removing myself from this situation. But the entire time, what you're doing is you're separating yourself from them energetically, right? So if they're acting a fool and they're screaming and yelling at you, or whatever else, like that's no reflection on you. That's a reflection on them. Right. And it's in that separation of container, right? Like we're just always so focused on self-honor. And self-honor in indigenous circles is a really big thing that I think we're grossly missing out in the Western world. Self-honor and regulating your own container and being in touch with what you're vibing with 24-7 and not allowing yourself to be goaded into shitty behavior. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's well i need to i need to <laughs> dive deeper into the shamanic practices like or just go to man. spiritual disco <laughs> oh yeah oh for sure i mean i i subbed already too of course so um i mean but it's uh shamanic disco is there is there a dress code because i you know, I, I left my, my bathroom. <laughs> well, my that's parents. the best thing. <laughs> like, everybody show up however you want. It's, it's whatever. It's just whatever makes you happy. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. But, yeah, I I have so much to learn still. But, I mean, that's that's why I'm thankful that, yeah, you it's know, such that a I have the, have the podcast and that I'm able to, uh, you know, to yeah. receive guests like yourself. I encourage everyone to really, you know, at least learn a little bit about what the indigenous people knew who live on your land, because they knew things and they were actually accessing information through channels that we in the Western world have abandoned. And yeah. when you have the opportunity to go and sit with powerful medicine people, right? take that opportunity because until you see it for yourself until you see people who resonate with the vibration of earth until you have seen and witnessed what that looks and feels like to be in the presence of like you're missing out on a whole bunch of information you're missing out on a whole new way of experiencing yourself like don't do this for me do it for yourself to liberate yourself to be in the presence of people who do not operate in low dense vibrations ever right? There are 900 religions in the world. Not all of them teach evil. 900? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Right. But like, not all of them teach evil. And that's the point I always try and make. If you're involved in a religion that's teaching evil, you're kind of on the wrong side of history because that's not mm. where we're heading. We're heading to abandoning evil, not participating and keeping it going because evil is not God made. Evil is man made. You can't go out into nature and show me evil. It doesn't exist out there. It only exists up in our heads because it requires the lens of the ego to generate it. Fear only exists within the minds that create it. All we have to do to kill evil and fear is to stop participating in it. That's how you kill a thought construct. And evil is a thought construct. It's not a real thing. It's not something you can show me in nature. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, that's that's a true, that's the true lesson that we, you know, we ought to learn, you know, it's like, like that 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 old saying that people say, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a joke, but it's true, you know, like bombing for peace is like fucking for virginity. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna help. It's like, oh, evil warlords, let's bomb the shit out of him. That'll teach him. Yeah, no, that just makes them more angry. <laughs> like, yeah, and that teaches nobody anything. No, exactly. And like, how does it make you better than? You know, then that evil warlord. I mean, right. to to him, you're the evil warlord. Like th again, there's no way to participate in crazy without being crazy. Like at some yeah. point, we have to abandon evil as a thought construct altogether. All of us, all of us. Just if we stop participating in evil thought constructs and like giving it oxygen, it would not exist. It would not continue because it doesn't exist in nature. It's like a fire that needs oxygen to exactly to live. The more you feed it, the exactly brighter exactly. it's gonna burn. And you can try and fight fire with fire, but 
Well, and I'm just bigger. so encouraged by all of your previous guests and, you know, all the podcasts that I've listened to and people who have kind of about abandoned kind of the religions that we were just kind of brought into. Like, no, nobody like thought critically about, oh, is this a good idea? <laughs> like we were all just raised in it. And, and I've been encouraged in hearing your other guests say that they just got to a point where they couldn't exist within this fear dynamic. They couldn't exist in an abusive relationship with God because the Christian God is an abusive relationship. If you do not love me right, I will punish you. Yeah. That's what that's based on. Yeah, no, for sure. Like that's, that's the one, that's the one thing that, you know, stopped me from like going full Christian, going full Catholic. It's, I, I say that all the time. It's the believe or else, You're right. you know, if you, if you don't only do one thing wrong, if you, you know, worship me in like a slightly wrong way. If you miss one day of church, right. you're going to burn in hell for all eternity for, yeah. you know, this, this tiny little freaking thing. And it's like, the, come on, that's, that's not fair. How is that a loving God? Right. The verse that proves the Bible is man-made and not of God is, I am a punishing God. God does not punish. If and God anybody... were love, if God were true love, then... Right. He would not. No. Right. And so that proves that, you know, those religions on their face are false because God is not punishing. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's man. Doing that it. is man. That's, that's man doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's another, you know, that's why I, like, I always tell people too, that you don't need you know, churches or temples or whatever to, you know, worship God or the gods or whatever. Go Just... meet him where you find him. You don't need a certain place. Like, go meet him where you find him. And it can be yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, especially like priests and pastors and whatever who claim to talk in name of God. Yeah, you don't need a middleman. Stories are no, no. I mean, you you proved it. Like you you wrote books by. I mean, I guess you were the middleman, but. Well, you know that's an interesting thing because, like, again, in shamanism, we really study being the hollow bone to empty ourselves oh, okay, from okay. ourselves, right? To be the conduit, right? And yeah. that's kind of how I I see my place in the world <laughs> with this information. Oh right, so like you were you were more like the. Um... Like the vessel yeah. through which the, the spirit could do its work and could write all those books. And the less you're yourself, the more you can empty yourself from yourself, it creates a vacuum for new information to come in, right? Because, you know, you can't have a vacuum in nature, right? And so as soon as that opens up, because you are no longer filling yourself, your container with you, right? There's a whole bunch of room now for new stuff to flow in. And that's where I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. So if you like cut all, cut out all the hate, you make more room for love. You make more room for light. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's very easy, but like nobody seems to really really grasp it because they're looking at the way of the world in terms of what they've been told, not in terms of how is it looking energetically. Because like love is self evident. I mean, hate is self-evident. And so if you mm -hmm. look at it, things energetically, is that a loving thing? Is that a hateful thing, right? If you look at things from that perspective, just from the energy that the person is resonating with as they say it, that will be a better way to inform you rather than actual words. Yeah. 
yeah you know that's that's how you truly connect with people or truly get that connection just by their energy yeah like yeah. people can i mean you you know that coming from um you know like a sales background and all you know you have to have that pitch you have to be able to to talk if you want to sell something your energy can say something completely different Exactly. And that was another part of like where I started practicing shamanism, even though I didn't know I was practicing shamanism in my early sales career is because I was looking at things energetically. And so when they would tell us as a new agent, you know, go talk to all these people and whatever else. And I would go and I'd knock on doors around the neighborhood and I'd introduce myself and whatever else like this. And a bunch of other people were doing that as well. They didn't mm -hmm. got, they didn't get any business from going and knocking on doors. I didn't either, but my business tripled and theirs didn't. Why? Because I didn't see me knocking on those doors as me trying to get business from those doors. I saw me knocking on those doors as an exercise for me to say to the universe, hey, by the way, I'm here. I'm doing something really big. I'm doing something really scary. And I'm really putting myself out there in a big way to ask for this dear universe, give me real estate sales. That's what I was doing when I was knocking on doors. I wasn't looking for business. I was, I was doing a statement to the universe that I was looking for business. And so when everybody else stopped doing it because they weren't getting business from the doors, I didn't even like that didn't even hit the screen for me. I'm like, I wasn't looking for business at the doors, but my business was tripling. And that's all I was focusing on is I, it's coming from somewhere because the universe is delivering what I'm asking for because I'm doing this thing over here. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, so I saw them almost as two different exercises. You know what I mean? And so it was just kind of, and then I was like, oh, I think I'm looking at this differently than other people. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but that's, that's exactly it. You know, it's, it's, it's feeling, it's intense. It's what you, what you put out there, you know, the, the energy that you put out there. And, right. That's another thing you learn in sales so much, right, is to uh, meet and match, like wherever somebody is, you can like, mirror and match, you know, their energy. Mm -hmm. and, and we always are looking for, you know, what we can do in order to make them comfortable in whatever process they are. They are. I mean, everything from like we, we do all these uh, personality tests and things like this so that we can not only better understand ourselves, but so we can look at different people who are functioning with different like, you know, um, you know, different ways of functioning in the world and have a different personality or whatever and kind of understand where they're coming from if they're a different like if they're a naturally kind of more reserved person or security is really in, like ah, security whatever get out of my way i'm coming through <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. we, we all operate from a different place but if i'm if i'm dealing with somebody who needs to be their hand held and talks, you know, more slowly and make sure that they feel secure in their buying process and all that. Like I can meet them where they are, right? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then like all of this kind of comes under the same umbrella. And it's so interesting the crossover between like business coaching and shamanism that I come across all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny. Like, like I see that so much too, that, you know, uh, astrology, for example, is always like, Oh, that's, that's pseudoscience. They use it on Wall Street. Right. You know, and, you know, like offerings and offerings to deities and whatever. Oh, no, that's that's pseudoscience. They do that in the upper echelons of society. Right. How is that pseudoscience? I mean, yeah, like the astro astrology that, you know, you get in your your gossip magazine or the daily newspaper or whatever. Yeah, that's that's pseudoscience. That's yeah. just like, ah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. But it's, 
you know, and if science were just to like physical science, actual scientists, you know, with those beautiful white lab coats, if they were to look at like energies, if they were to to see the world like we see it, I think, you know, they could make a jump in you know like 30 years of progress in like what three years maybe that would just go so fast but and i think that's coming i i think that that's going to be one of the main breakthroughs that where we really start to see in the main mainstream world applications of what we're all talking about and what has directed our lives like down to like before covid hit about 18 months before covid hit like i've always been kind of like a little bit you know, I get these feelings and I was getting a feeling that something was coming and we were living in Los Angeles at the time. And I said to my mm-hmm. husband, I'm like, I, I think we need to move to Palm Springs. I'm like, something's coming. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a world war or something, but we shouldn't be here in Los Angeles. It's going to get bad and we should be out in the desert. We already had a place out there already. And so we were like, okay, just we sold the place in LA and we moved out to Palm Springs. And sure enough, a year and a half later, you know, here comes COVID. And I was so grateful that we did that. But again, to teach people, to trust that, to teach people where that information lives within them. Because until you've gone to shaman school, you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it's it's it really it's that easy. Just you know, trust your intuition, trust your gut feeling. If there is something telling you that you know something's off or something's coming, or there's just there's a certain imbalance Try to find out what that is. Try to find out where it's coming from and listen to right. it. Listen to it. Listen to it. Because there's, again, that, that whisper of inkling. Now, you have to learn to train it to become a little louder. Otherwise, but it's also you getting more clear on its voice and where it lives. Yeah. You know, and that's that's real training. That's what people who you know go into this stuff professionally are chasing, and it lives within all of us. And you just have to unearth it and start listening, and and get quiet enough to hear it and, and listen to its voice. That that little voice in the back of your head that you know that tells you things that you you know you should or should not be doing. It's like you know the the angel and the devil on your shoulder and yes yeah. you, you have so many so many versions and stereotypes yeah. of that so yeah 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 i think um i think this is a a beautiful place to uh to wrap it up to just you know on the statement listen to your gut feeling listen yeah. to your intuition it's never wrong yeah, thank you so much. I so appreciated being here today. I mean, I just so believe in what you guys are doing. This messaging has to get out there. There are other religions other than Christianity, right? And we have yeah. to expose people to what that means. And that's why I wrote all these books is to help explain to people what is a practice and how does that look like that's not based in one of your better known, you know, religions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, uh where may people find those books that you have so beautifully written absolutely so i could keep it super simple everything is under at dale allen rouse whether it's social media or youtube my website is daleallenrouse.com that's d-a-l-e-a-l-l-e-n-r-o-w-s-e d-a-l-e-a-l-l-e-n-r-o-w-s-e daleallenrouse.com awesome i should have some links put up in the description box down below for uh, the people who just find that easier. Uh, Dale, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. This was a uh, this was a good talk. This was 
some uh, some good stuff that should be indeed spread far and wide thanks so, i appreciate it thank you and for all of you watching for all of you listening if you want to hear more see more know more about the gray horn pagans pod podcast and the tribe of the Greyhorn pagans itself you can go to www.grayhornpagans.com everything can be found there from our you know our social media the podcasts um substack articles that a few of us have thing josh his book that he recently released and recently came out on paperback as well shadow crown uh, you can all find that on our website that is again www.grayhornpagans.com thank you all for watching thank you all for listening don't forget to like share subscribe comment um that five star rating also really would be appreciated you know anything for the the algorithm gods that do control these platforms uh you know the wrong kind of gods unfortunately but we have to kind of bow to them so uh yeah thank you all it's been a pleasure and until next time see ya